Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. It has been, wow, just a long couple of weeks, even though it's only been like two weeks, but long two weeks. Um, I know we have a bunch of updates, but I guess first off, we can just start with Thanksgiving, since this is being recorded right after Thanksgiving weekend. How was everybody's Thanksgivings? Kels? Um, my Thanksgiving was good. It was uh, local and it was all with my mom's side of the family. Um, it was a little bit bigger group than normal, but all in all, I would say like very nice, no drama, nothing like that. Um, from a grief perspective, you know, second Thanksgiving without her, like I'm starting to hit all the second time through everything. Um, I would say obviously it didn't feel as sharp as the first Thanksgiving, which makes sense, but it was very much, you know, still on my mind throughout. And I will say, um, and that saying this is like to no one's fault or like, there's nothing bad, just like kind of stating the fact that like, she wasn't talked about all that much, like inside conversations or stories a little bit here or there, but there wasn't like a toast at the table or there wasn't anything more public. And now we we did have like my cousin's wife's parents there. So like a little bit like outside the immediate family. So maybe there was like, you know, people were conscientious of that, but that felt like a little bit weird. And again, like, it's not like I said anything either, but it's just like, you know, it's all her family. It's all the tradition. It's all the recipes. You know, my sister now makes the dish that my mom used to make. And, you know, those things happen. And like my aunt who hosts like had a nice little like moment with my sister and I, but again, like more off to the side. And I know everyone's like thinks about it and thinks of her, but just kind of like sitting with that and just in general with holidays, I don't feel that same like childlike excitement for them. I used to like, there is a little bit of like, okay, like here we go. Another in my face reminder. So all that to say, which shows just like the complexities of grief. It's not like I was, you know, sobbing all day. It's not like I didn't have a great time at Thanksgiving, but it's just with grief involved. There's just different layers of complexity kind of now mixed in. Do you think that you wished that there was some kind of toasters thing or do you think it was just a more of an observation that you had made or like do you because obviously everyone was thinking about it like do you think like how did, how did that make you feel I guess? I think it would have been nice if someone said a quick thing like just like calling it out like and you know oh so happy we're together and like cheers and to Carrie and to Pa you know my grandpa too like you know, packaging both of them together. I think it would have been nice just while we're all sitting there to just like address it because, you know, the fear is, is like, okay, as the years go on, if like less and less people talk about her, like that just feels even sadder and harder to imagine a world where like it's not even addressed or anything. So yeah. And, and our, our cheers was a little chaotic. Like someone was like late in like grabbing the food and like it, there maybe wasn't like the perfect clean moment, but yeah, I think it would have been nice for like a quick mention in hindsight, but that's hard and it's hard to be the one to do it. And like I said, we had outsiders, so it's 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 challenging. For sure. I agree that it's hard to be the one to do it too. Like you get shy about those things, which I think is something like really normal to talk about um, and honest too, because I feel like there are a lot of times with grief where I'm like, I don't want to be the one to say something. I want somebody else to say something. And it's so like, it's hard to be the person that says the thing or makes the toast. Like it just, sometimes it feels uncomfortable or just like too vulnerable. And especially in an intimate room like that with your family, like I know I get, hard on myself, like showing my emotions in front of my family. Um, so for me, something like that would be really tough. Um, but it's interesting that you brought that up because I was just thinking about 
the kind of stuff that we were posting on our handle all kind of like leading up into Thanksgiving, there was literally like a graphic saying how you can kind of talk about your loved ones at the dinner tables and like remember them as part of your celebration and giving like guides on how to do that. So I think like now hearing it from even your experience too, it's like it truly is just um, an example of like how grief can present itself um, at like the holiday table, I guess. No, definitely. And I completely relate to the like not wanting to feel emotional in front of the family and, you know, it's a big table and you always feel like you don't want to make everyone sad and you don't want to you know, yeah, ruin the moment if people are being light. And I know like people would have like joined in, but it it is one of those where I know it sounds like you're trying to be a mind reader, right? Like you wouldn't give this relationship advice of like, yeah, like I don't want to do it, but I want other people to want to do it. So it's like, ah, there's no easy way. And I know like our topic today about being on offense with grief, which we're going to get to later, like that's something that I want to be better at. And I hope like with years and with practice and being intentional, I can get there. But that's an example where like, it is really hard to just be proactive and be the one to be like, yeah, cheers, cheers to my mom or cheers to Carrie, like in front of all these people. Um, It's interesting that you say that, Kels. And um, I'm going to get into my Thanksgiving. But today, just because we had spoken about it, um, today was my Cycle Studios two-year anniversary. And if you remember a little bit ago um, when we had talked about everything that had happened and that um, my specific cycle instructor had suffered this great loss, she um, got on today and we were – we were talking and at the end of the cycle class, she was like, you know, none of this would be possible without, you know, one person. It was like, well, friend. And she brought it up um, and it was really cool because she brought it up on the mic and then she was like, turn it up a little bit more for Will. And so like everybody in the studio put their resistance higher. And it was just really cool because it was like towards the end of class. And, you know, we were all like last year when this happened, he was cycling with us. So it was kind of cool to um, see her mention it and in a way that like was powerful um and I was kind of I think we all were holding our breath a little bit and that's a little bit difficult too because it's like in a public setting um and of course we were like doing our workout so she did it it's 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 uh delicate as as it always is but I found the way that it was she had said it today I think was just like perfect and um we all wanted to like we all acknowledged it but we're waiting for her to actually say it because it was such an emotional ride um but I was really proud of the way that all unfolded today so I totally get the um the you know kind of not being the one to say it but kind of wanting to and trying to find the right time for it um and then as far as my Thanksgiving went um I first want to say our one of our tried and true Shannon has been down with the flu for like two weeks like can't get off the couch terrible so if she's listening I hope she's feeling better um it's been no good for her um, and then I also am going to piggyback Kels again off of what you said about just like kind of feeling like this no child like wonder and like no, you know, not being excited for the holidays. And I feel like this is one of the first times, um, in my adult life that I truly have not been, um, even last year. And even with all of the ways we felt grief, I've kind of found these little ways to kind of, kind of find something to look forward to. And it's almost as if, um, this year I was just like, you know, like it's just going to stink. And, um, it's, it's funny. I had talked about it in therapy and I was talking to uh, my therapist and I was like, you know, I just am not in, in it. Like nothing's exciting. I just feel like I'm giving into it all. And she's like, that's okay. Like you could have a sad holiday season. Like, that's fine. That's normal. Like you don't have to try all of these ways to find the things um classic therapist answer right right I was like oh yeah tell me I could be sad um but I ended up going skipping out on my family's um events and going with a dear 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 friend of mine Grace um who I've talked about on the podcast before she is my old co-worker um love her very very much she was actually the first person I ended up telling about the podcast um And I went to her Nana's house and we got to talk and just be with her family and kind of forget about the shit show that has been my year and all of our years. And so it was really, really nice. And I'm very grateful for it. Um, I ended up getting dinner with 
my family um, the two nights before Thanksgiving at this Italian restaurant downtown. And it was with my mom's side of the family, like my new step family. And as we were sitting there, my sister was like, looked at me, we made eye contact and she was like, don't, don't listen. And the song that had come on was uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra, which was my papa's song, which I think we've talked about before. And so we had quickly learned that in that bath, in that moment that, um, the bathroom has no music on in, in that Italian restaurant. So we went and slid in there. But it was funny because I felt like there were little nods of um, my side of the family that I wasn't with, even though I wasn't with them, um, which is really kind of cool. And uh, my friend Grace had also had some moments like that that she had shared that like random songs and things were popping up for her and her papa. So it was pretty cool. Um, I'm very grateful for all of the people in my life. And I know I've talked to um, Kels slid in my DMs over one of my stories and we got into a big conversation about boundaries and how I was struggling with them. So as always, grateful for you too um, and that we can figure out the boundaries and and the grief portion of it together. Um, Kathy, it seemed as though you had a very busy Thanksgiving because I kept seeing pictures of plates. The last one was a Brussels sprout situation, which I'm all for, but was just it looked a little healthy for Thanksgiving. Um, how was your how was your holiday? Yeah, I think I had three different like cuisines on Thanksgiving. Um, number one was my mom usually picks up like Salvadorian food for lunch um, with her side of the family, but it was just me, my mom, and my uncle for lunch. Um, and we had pupusas, which I don't know if you guys have ever had, but very delicious and good. Um, so that was great, great start, heavy start heavy start and then had to go to like late lunch slash early dinner at my not had to go I got to go to my best friend's Thanksgiving um and I have been going to his Thanksgivings now for like eight years and so like his entire family knows me um extended family and everything and it is just really nice there's something about being a guest at somebody else's Thanksgiving that is just so nice. Um, while I feel like a part of the family, basically, at this point, it's still just nice that, like, everyone is still is, like, pretty curious about my life and, like, you know, doesn't get their regular updates as much and, like, wants to know what's going on. And so, like, to get to talk about everything, like, for the first time with people, like, at the holiday table is actually kind of nice instead of, like figuring out other things to talk about if like you already know everything about my life. So there was that and it was just, it was a really, really great uh, meal. And usually we actually play Jeopardy after, um, but I had to skip out on Jeopardy this year because I was then going to another cousin's um, dinner, like late dinner now. Um, and that, was like the healthy meal that Mads is referring to. The meal at Dylan's um, in the middle of the day was your traditional Thanksgiving, like everything. And I didn't get a picture of that probably because I was dying to actually eat the the food for the other ones. Like there were photo evidence. So I'm like, okay, I think you can clearly tell like which one was my favorite. I don't know about you guys, but what's I do want to know what everyone's favorite dessert is. And then maybe your side. For me side is stuffing like a cornbread stuffing specifically and then favorite dessert is just traditional pumpkin pie uh love it also this reminds me very much of the gilmore girls thanksgiving episode where they bounce from like five oh my god in a day yes. and eat like a variety of cuisines that's so <laughs> funny and also my mom was with me for the last one too so there's a little bit of gilmore girls there we love a gilmore girls moment um for me uh, with Thanksgiving, I agree with the stuffing is probably my favorite Thanksgiving side, but also tied are our yams that we make, like the candied yams. And then we have um, an amazing apple pie, brown bag apple pie recipe. Don't ask me how it works, but that means that the brown bag goes in the oven and doesn't get burnt. My limited kitchen knowledge brain does not understand how that does not light on fire. And I feel like if I tried it, it would light on fire. So God bless my aunt and before that, my Nana, who would always make it. Um, and then we always have 
really great berry, like homemade berry pies too from my other aunt who lives on a ranch in Oregon. So the berries come fresh from her ranch. And so those are the two pies desserts that I love. Uh, But yeah, Matt's, how about you? Favorite sides and Thanksgiving dessert? This is going to be almost offensive, especially for me, the queen of sweets. I had realized yesterday that I didn't eat I didn't eat dessert at any of my thing at like my when I did it with small with my mom at the Italian restaurant or with Grace, um, and I just there were different reasons for different ones. But like I had went to the store yesterday to get stuff to make myself my chocolate pie because I realized I didn't have any dessert at all. And so um, I make a really great chocolate pie, and that's probably my favorite. Um, it sounds wow, that's so like self-righteous of me but it's so good um and I'll have to make it when we have our our fun palm desert weekend that we dream about but it's so delicious and my mom was upset I didn't she didn't have it this year so I got the stuff we're making it this week for another dinner um because it's so good so that's one of my favorites um and as far as sides go I just think you can't go wrong with the mashed potatoes and gravy it's always been my thing um since I was little, it's my comfort food. I really enjoyed it. Um, as Kathy said, like I realized I didn't take photos of any of my plates because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and I just get to eat like a carbs and beige food all day, which is like my favorite thing ever. Um, but Kath, that was a great question. And thank you for um, explaining the cuisine and the health options that I was just concerned about. I just, mine was all beige. There was no green. I skipped salad, like everything that I could that was like not great for me was in in my stomach. Yeah, as it should be this week. Um, And to top it all off, like, yeah, I just feel like calories don't don't count this week, basically. Um, I did want to backtrack to a couple weeks ago. For anybody that follows me or that listens to this knows that I had probably one of the craziest, like, bad luck weeks of my life probably like I'm not I don't even think that's exaggerating like I think that's actually accurate um so on Tuesday a couple weeks ago it was really rainy and windy in LA and I took the train to work because I was like don't want to drive in the rain because no one in LA knows how to drive in the rain so obviously take the train because it's an option and it's easier Get on my train back as I'm walking up to my car because I have to park my car at the train station. This is on my way back from work now. It is also the day, it's also election day. And we have the voter or the election for the mayor of LA as the biggest um, election as well. Same day. And I still hadn't submitted my ballot. And so I get off the train, it's like 5 p.m. I'm walking up towards my car. And I see a tree on the ground in like right in front of where my car is parked. And I'm as I'm getting closer, I'm just like, it's on my car. It's on my car. Like I know that I parked right there and I can see it. And it it was as if it's like I was building up the like rip the bandaid moment because I was just walking towards it. And I still couldn't see, though, if it was truly on my car because it was being covered by something. And sure enough, tree was on my car. Not only my car, three cars. That's how large the tree was. Um, it was just so crazy. And if you saw any pictures on my like Instagram or whatever, or I texted you any for anybody that listens, um, you would say that a picture is worth a thousand words. I can't really describe the scene as so much to show you like the video and everything. Anyway surprisingly enough my car will be okay and is not totaled and there was no internal damage it was only cosmetic so I have already actually gotten the windshield and the sunroof replaced so I'm driving it already which is pretty crazy um I think this was that was on a Tuesday so I'm dealing with so many different things like insurance lawyers going after the city of LA. It's a whole process. It's going to take a long time. Um, And after the city of LA, because it was at a train station, so the tree is owned by the city of LA. And so then on Saturday, I was like, I'm going to have a great time with my friends. We're going to go out. I had a friend in town. 
everyone was like, Kathy needs to drink a lot, yada, yada. So I do have a great time. Still coherent, still great. Everything's great. Literally, as I'm leaving a bar, I get into my Uber, immediately feel my pocket. My phone's not there. Pickpocketed at the gay bars in WeHo, which it's known for that to be a hot spot, specifically the Abbey and PSA for everybody that the Abbey is, it's like even worse at the Abbey. Like I feel like people get roofied there and like specifically to get things stolen from them. So I never go there. However, this was another bar on the same street. And now it's just like, this is just a thing that I've now come to learn about all bars on Santa Monica Boulevard in WeHo. Um, so yes, no phone, no car. (laughs) I had to like ask my mom to pick me up from my friend's house the next day. And I was texting her from my friend's phone number and she was like, can you call me? And she literally thought like something happened to me and was just like, I just needed to make sure that it was actually you. And I think it was because it was so unbelievable that something like that would happen so quickly after what happened to me on Tuesday. So thankfully, I had a backup work phone, was using that. Um, I was traveling internationally in five days. So stress. I found an iPhone 6S in my drawer, got a SIM card to just put it on there and was like, screw it. I'm using my work phone for the time being. Last one that I don't really want to get into too much because this one's completely my fault. And I didn't tell a lot of people. Like, I think you two were the only people that I told right away. Um, and I don't even think the bride knows this, had to get an emergency passport within three days of flying internationally. The only reason I'm bringing this one up is because bad things happen in threes. Three are done. It's done. It's only up from now. Everything will be okay. I have a new phone. My car is getting fixed. But I did want to mention how in the midst of all of this craziness and stress, that somehow grief was able to sneak in there. And I it was so unexpected. And I just never thought that that was something that I would be dealing with during all of this stuff. Um, so I will say I'm like so grateful for the people in my life that like, I'm not trying to be dramatic. No one like passed away, by the way. And like everyone's healthy and everything. And I am grateful that I wasn't in the car when the tree fell, obviously. Um, but I, but it's nice like when these stressful times happen that you can really count on your people and they show up in different ways. And I think like we've talked a lot about love languages and feeling the way that people show up for you is so important too. So like a group of my friends pulled together money and got me like a Whole Foods gift card um, for food this month, which was really, really sweet. Um, and then I feel like mainly where kind of my grief moment entered was my friend's dad was like really stepping up to the plate and like, sorry. Don't apologize. No, you're good. Um, really emotional about this in therapy, actually, because honestly, I hadn't cried about this, about any of the things I hadn't until I had a therapy session. And it was like a completely different reason why I was crying. It wasn't because I was dealing with all this stuff. All this stuff is materials that is replaced. Um, but it's more so of like, you want, these are the types of things, I guess, like that maybe a dad would step in and help, right? Like, okay, like we have to go through the insurance and like, okay, this is what you're going to do. My dad was a lawyer. Like maybe you would have more insight into like what I'm going to have to do. Not saying that my mom doesn't and there aren't people out there that do that I could count on. Um, But I do think it's just one of those like reminders in a sense of like, okay, I'm going through it kind of alone um, or with my mom at least, like she's supporting me, but like this feels like a very like dad arena moment. Um, So that's kind of annoying. But I will say like my best friend's dad was literally calling me like every day. (sighs) Sorry. Don't apologize. I think it's just like the release of everything, but 
calling me every day and texting me a lot, asking me for updates, literally like calling all of his people, like his body shop person, his insurance agent person, his lawyer person to get me all the advice like I could get um, for this thing. And again, this isn't like a, like I wasn't in a, like a life or death situation or like, I mean, it was kind of an emergency. Yeah, for sure. But it just was like, I didn't even realize how much that was hitting me until I took a moment to reflect on that. And in the moment, I was updating him too. And I was I was just reacting like immediately and trying to be very proactive about fixing my issues. And that's all that was on my mind. And then once I sat down and thought about it, I was like, it just like overwhelming tears in my therapy session thinking about, I think it's a mix of emotions. Like I'm so grateful and touched that, um, like especially a father figure would like step in and help with this. And then at the same time, I'm like, I wish my dad was here and was the one that was doing this too. And obviously like there's layers there. And I think my therapist was really trying to teach me to like be grateful for the people that are in my life that do show up because there are people out there that maybe have gone through the same situation as me and aren't as lucky to have people to step up to the plate and such. So I know this was like a very like whirlwind of a story, um, but it was just very crazy how grief figured out a way to sneak in there. And I am very grateful to Jamie Fine's dad. No, thank you, Kath, for for sharing that. I know that it was already such a stressful week. And my guess is, is you were in like fight or flight mode a little bit, like just very solution oriented, very logic based. And then it makes complete sense that the second you were able to sit and take a breath and reflect and thank God for therapy and this podcast and different other mechanisms in your life to give you that moment to kind of like take it all in that it was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Those are very stereotypical dad arena type things. And it absolutely like resonates that that's something where you would be like, wow, I would want to go to him. He would be so helpful while you're already stressed and then mix in while being like so appreciative, but also sad with it being your friend's dad, like so thoughtful and amazing of your friend's dad. We love seeing people and like step up to try to fill those very specific grief voids, but it also is a reminder with them having to do it in the first place. Um, so I think that that's probably really relatable. And I all the things you said about like, of course, like it wasn't like life or death. And of course, you have other people like we understand that. Don't worry about that. I think those feelings are so valid. And I'm sure a lot of people relate. And in smaller scales, I've, I've had moments like that, too. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, I um, echoing what Kelsey said, just thank you for sharing on here. Um, I know that this goes without saying, I would hope, but like, I have been so proud and impressed with you. Like you and I have been talking and with, even in, in the group chat, like we've been pretty consistent, more consistent than we, I think we've been in a while of just being in each other's lives. And as someone who I consider you both my closest friends, like I am so proud of you because there are so many instances. And I even had that this week, um, leading up to like the holidays and silly things that seem trivial of, I'm just giving up. Like I'm throwing in the towel. Like I'm not dealing with it. Um, and so the fact that you, even with the passport stuff, you didn't like you didn't even bitch about it or tell us about it until you got it. You got everything. You got it all figured out by yourself. And although that fucking sucks, um, on top of that, with the holidays, with the mental illness that we all kind of deal with our own struggles every day. Like I am so proud of you. Um, and I hope you know from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely do mean that. I have been impressed, and I even told I, I I told you I told my mom and my sister about it. I was like, look at my friend in California, this happened to, and you know I've been, and you were even not joking, but being able to like post like funny things and like making light of it, and like the fact that you got it all sorted, and then you were able to like sit back and feel is even if it seems like you know a downside, or it still is terrible, and you're never gonna you're gonna have those moments for the rest of your life where your dad you wish your dad was there and that he would be the best person for that situation. But the fact that you like buckled up and took care of it on your own speaks volumes to the person that you are and how much you've grown. And I am incredibly proud to call you a friend and to have watched you kind of walk through that. And it's been even so like being able to be like, okay, like 
this is – I think I said it in the group. I was, like, tech, bitching about something shitty. I'm like, okay, a tree did not fall on my car. Like, the, And not that that happened. Like, you all feel your own feelings. <laughs> but, like, the way that, like, not only have you had every single thing, nothing fell through the cracks. Your work didn't fall. You had big projects that were, like, nothing stopped. The podcast didn't stop. Like, you're, it's more than, than I can say I've been able to do whenever shit gets real. So I am very proud of you. And you've also reminded me to stop getting annoyed at my dad when he just wants to fix everything every time I call him crying because lately I've been getting – I'm like, Dad, you don't have to fix it. Sometimes these could just suck. Um, but you've also just reminded me to make sure not to take that for granted. But, Kath, I genuinely, genuinely am so proud and impressed of you. And thank God I've been specifically grateful – this last week that like you were okay and that like you weren't like not that this is terrible I'm not I'm laughing when I say it I don't mean to but like you weren't taken at the abbey or you weren't in the car like so many terrible things could have happened <laughs> and I am like I sent Shannon the picture of your car and she was like oh my god is she okay and I didn't even preface with the fact that you were but like thank god that you were <laughs> um and luckily hopefully the next we are all smooth sailing from here on out but I am very proud and impressed to call you a friend of mine well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. I feel like, yeah, I think it's that fight or flight mode of like when things are just so, um, so insanely important for you to carry on with your life. Like I joke with everybody and I say I had like the worst of the first world problems. Like they're still material things, but they're like probably the most essential ones that I need to function um, in this world and where, how I live. So um, it was difficult, but you just have to like keep your head up and be like, okay, like how am I going to fix it? Because I need a car and I need a phone. So I'm going to have to like be able to get, and I need a passport to get on my flight. That one is like, I didn't really need to go, but I kind of needed to go. Um, and I especially was like, I need the vacation. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm yeah, on the flight <laughs> somehow. I didn't even know that your phone was was stolen. It was Kels had posted it in the group and it was like Kathy. And all I wrote back was like, You are joking. Like you are kidding me. Like this really just happened. I ended up texting the like per- person like um, to my phone was like, please, like please, please, please get my, like, begging for my phone back. I was like, if you see the photos on my camera, you will know that a tree fell on my car. This is the last thing I need. I was literally, like, texting it. Like, pleading. Like, (laughs) pleading with somebody who turned my phone off immediately and didn't see any of my, like, messages. Did they ever respond or anything? Because I thought for a second you might have. but I did see that my phone showed up in Mexico, like, three days later. So I knew that it was definitely – stolen and trying to be resold which is also like a scam to the per- to the poor like people in Mexico that are trying to buy a phone that they think is going to work and doesn't work so just all messed up but I think it happens in Tijuana <laughs> yes um if you didn't anyway, learn it from the was- OC I'm telling you right now <laughs> <laughs> that is so true oh my gosh um, that was a huge, long story about me playing the defense with grief <laughs> and a moment there. But we did want to kind of introduce something that was sent, I think, to at least Kelsey and I, like four people sent this video to me about um, Andy Grammer was on Pod Crushed, a podcast with Penn Badgley and I think some other hosts. And talking about going on the offense with grief. And we have a clip here to listen to it now. I like to go on offense sometimes with grieving. If I see someone that's the same age as my mother in front of me in line, I'll go on offense and I'll be like, hey, I lost my mom and I don't get to buy her stuff. (laughs) Would you mind if I like bought your coffee, right? Uh. I'll just like live that way. And when you live that way crazy stuff mm. happens mm, yeah. and you're just like kind of in the flow and putting your your like tokens in and the downside of it is sometimes you look stupid sometimes mm. <laughs> sometimes you're like ah it's really weird man no but when you're playing with this openness mm. i had a show in boston i went to go get breakfast near the near the place and four ladies walked in that were about the age of my mother it's always a little bit delicate because i don't know something about like when you're right next to the venue that you're playing, I didn't want to come off like a big shot, but I had this feeling that was, you should go pay for their breakfast. I'm sitting at the table. I'm like, you know what? Usually I would just do that, but ne- just being next to, the, I don't know. It feels like I'm trying to like brag or something. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. So I let it go. 
And then it comes up again, like pretty strong in me that like, yo, you need to go do that. Finally, I just go, I give into it and I walk over and I say, listen, my mom passed away. One of the things I like to do for her is just pay for women's breakfast. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it, would make, it would mean a lot to me so around her age. If you would let me take care of your breakfast this morning, the lady on the left just starts bawling. And she says Whoa. like, I lost my son. He's about your age. Oh my oh. God. And so we stand up. I'm just like bawling with a stranger. Oh my gosh. I dare everyone to live and play with it. Mm. Grief doesn't have to be uh, something that just hits you when you're not ready for it. I tell everybody that's going through the loss of someone, like, what do they love? Do they love, like, bread? Their thing was to make bread, set days and make bread and give it out. Go on offense to be a part of it and get this really mm. sweet feeling of remembering them. Basically, this, this clip, like, really took me off guard and now sense everything and being in the space that we're in, like I see grief content every single day, but nothing has actually stood out to me as being very like this powerful and unique. And so the concept is that we are so often just on the defense and all of us are sports gals. So this makes a lot of sense to us. Like we are just, you know, waiting for a grief bomb to just hit us at any moment and we feel very powerless to it and feel like we can't do anything about it. And what Andy Grammer is saying is, okay, so why don't you take back the power and be on offense? But I just felt so jarring to me because I've never done anything that direct at all. But I love the idea of kind of taking back the power that grief can have over your life and taking ownership of it. And I am still in the fresher side of it. So doing something like that when I already don't like showing my emotions and it does feel like something so vulnerable. And yes, I realize I'm saying this on a podcast, but like to a random stranger in public, it feels very vulnerable. So when I first heard it, I was impressed by it. But my gut reaction was, I don't know if I could do this, like something like that. But I like the idea of it and hope I could get there eventually. But I'm curious, maybe Mad, starting with you, did what were your thoughts when you saw it? Um, it's interesting that you're starting with me because I don't have a good answer. Um, and it, it kind of goes along the lines with how I was um, gassing Kathy up about what she was doing. Is I just I found it very interesting the idea, but it just seems so foreign to me. Um, I something I work on all the time is I and I've talked about it, but like I feel all of the feelings, the good, the bad. Like you guys know, whenever something's bad happens, like I text you, I call you. Um, I had actually an instance recently um, that I texted in the group chat and saw kind of baited out to see who was available and ended up being Kathy and I called her um, and it was helping my step nephew walk through his first piece of grief and even that like being able to do the offense of like me knowing how it feels and me knowing what this is I called Kathy and I was like what the hell do I do um, so I don't have a good answer for how I, I mean I, I was very it was very interesting perspective it's something that I've never practiced and I mean even so the fact is though I don't share certain parts of this podcast with certain people and certain like my public of my life. And I think it's something that I have to get comfortable with. Um, and I don't think I do a good job of playing the offense of it. Like I had mentioned, like my papa's song came on and I dipped to the bathroom where there wasn't any music. So I think it's definitely something that I found like an interesting concept that I have obviously like heard of and known and like admire in both of you. Cause I also feel like you guys, you guys are able to, and maybe it's because it had happened and hit, your grief is such an everyday greater grief. Um, but I'm learning it as well with the grief of um, people who are still living and the people who are no longer in my life that have been a big a big change recently. And so that is another thing that I'm kind of learning as I go and just seeing how like in everyday things like the people that I love who are still here, it's, it's kind of similar that especially this holiday season, I'm trying to figure out how to play the offense. And that's something I had a really big therapy session about. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't do it. I wish I could. I think that the part of me is like even being on this podcast is being able to grow my strengths and my knowledge and being able to keep it top of mind. Um, but I definitely don't do a great job of it. And like I said, I'm sure you guys have more practice in it in the everyday and I'm learning, especially as we're talking about it more. Um, but it's been something that like when I start thinking about it too much, I just kind of like shut down. I'm like, no, this isn't it. I'll wait till I talk. And you guys have become my safety net and I'm very grateful for it. Um, but I do think that I something that after watching the video and it did get sent to me by Shannon, um, I was I put a lot of thought into it and it kind of almost gave me action items instead of comfort or if that makes sense. 
Um, but sorry for that kind of not answering your question, but kind of answering your question. Kath, what are your, what are your thoughts with it? I think uh, it's so connected to literally what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode with like being the one in the room to bring up your lost uh, your loved one, right? Like that is you playing the offense instead of expecting maybe somebody else to do it. And I think that now that I'm like 16 years in, uh, it's uh, and witnessing and having and being a part of like grief, the grief community, I feel like I can say it's probably a baby steps process. Like I'm almost getting comfortable to that point. And I'm not saying it's going to be as linear for everybody and it'll take as long as it does for me, but it's completely normal that you both of you feel like that seems like a big, like almost a leap to get to. Um, Cause I even feel like it's, it doesn't seem like a leap. It seems like a big step for me. Um, and so I think it's like inching your way closer to that. If it's something that you ever do get to. And also if you don't, I think that's totally fine too. I'm very impressed that somebody can get there in the first place. So like the fact that he is there is really amazing in itself. And I don't think that everybody will necessarily always get there. Um, and I think like the ways that we play and I'm like using this whole analogy with like defense and offense is like sometimes things will be very private and have to be in private first before they become public and so something like that is a little bit is is public like he's literally approaching a stranger and I feel like with mind grief for me it's been working my way up through my private feelings and thoughts and stuff and then working that into public so like for example Taking the train to work reminds me of my dad every day. That's something he used to do. I feel really connected that I started doing that, even though freaking backfired with a tree on my car, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to see the positives in that. Or like um, having like orange juice because he used to have like freshly squeezed orange juice and like making that something that I like either request like when I'm with my friends, if it's like, let's say maybe I'm on I'm having breakfast with my friends on his birthday and that's just something like maybe that's something I would like ask like, oh, can we all get like grab an orange juice glass or something like that? Like that's those these are easier ways. It's like getting to a very like stranger one on one connection seems like like a very big very mountain advanced. to get to. Yeah, pretty advanced. Um, I think I'm still like beginner intermediate. Um and it's funny that we're talking about this because our entire podcast is advanced. I would like to just say this is literally going on the offense of grief. And so, first of all, I just want to say to all of us, like, we're literally going on the offense here. Um, but I do understand how when it's just a little bit more personal in that intimate moments, those can be scarier. Um, here we talk to ourselves and into a microphone. Obviously, people are listening, but it's that like direct conversation that can be a little intimidating. Yes. Amazing point. Fair to acknowledge that this podcast is as aggressively offensive as we could probably <laughs> be. I guess so that's a good distinction to make because it does feel like it's in its own side bucket that like like even when people will tell me like oh I listened like I even forget anyone listens like it just really feels like essentially a conversation with you guys. So I think you breaking it out Kath into the like private versus public is a good distinction too because I think the more beginner steps of not just within the immediate family too, like not just my dad and sister, but like you said, with friends, like I love the orange juice example on your dad's birthday. Like, you know, some friends, you know, have like, I've seen they've stepped in, like they know like how much she loved her champagne and how much she loved fun, like cocktail napkins and to certain events will like bring that or like acknowledge that cheers, Mads, love it. Um, <laughs> representing for us right now. And so like, I really appreciate when a friend does it back to like the mind reading thing of like, it is really nice when somebody does that. But knowing that like, I can't expect to have people read minds for all of life. And I can't expect people to think of that at all, at all, at all. That like me being able to be like, 
hey, this item's on the menu. Yeah, like it's it's her birthday. Like, can we all get this? Like being able to say that and not just think it. Um, like things like that, I think will take more time. But I like said, do want to get there because it's a way to keep like her memory alive and a way to keep alive like all the things she really loved and to like keep that connected with the people around me. Um, And as we've talked about the division of people who knew her versus like other people in my life who didn't know her, like there's, you know, the ones who knew her, like also have a relationship that they feel special. And then people who don't like that's another layer of harder because then it's like you're really dropping something on someone who's like never even met her. Um, but I think all back to just like why we're doing the podcast in general is to normalize it because right now part of the reason why it feels so scary or why we all are like, wow, for Andy Grammer to do that feels like kind of crazy, which is the like maybe less PC way of saying advanced. Like it feels a little crazy but it's because it's so not normalized and he's attacking it so head on that it's like, whoa. And like he, he says in the clip, like, what's the worst thing? Someone looks at you and is like, that's weird. No. And walks away and they're a stranger and you never see him again. But then the upside is it's like really special or meaningful. Or in that one example, like the woman had lost her son and they had this big moment together and felt connected. So There's just like a lot to unpack there, but I definitely, I appreciate the calling out one, the podcast, because people listening are probably like, um, well, what is the podcast then? Um, And two, the distinction between like private and public versus family versus friends versus people who knew your person who you lost versus not, like there's a lot of dimensions to it. The public versus private thing that Kath had mentioned kind of brought something into my head. And I know that I've spoken or mentioned this before, but I wear, I've worn it on the podcast, but I wear my grandpa's old flannel, which is kind of like a shacket now. And I've noticed um, sometimes when I'm wearing it, if somebody asks or says it's cute, I'm like, oh, thanks. Or like if someone's like, I was at cycling once and one of my instructors that I'm really close with was like, I love your jacket. And I was like, Thanks. It was my grandpa's, and I like to think that he would always think it's funny that now it's fashionable and we got into it. Um, but it's like sometimes I play it and like I keep it to myself. And sometimes when people like say it, I think it, but I'm like, I kind of read the situation to read if I want this person to know about him. Not that I don't want to hide it, but just like if this is something that's like worthwhile for me to bring up and have a conversation about, then I will. And if it's not, then I'm like, okay, like that I kind of just like let it go or it's either like based on my mood or I always think that like if I don't, I kind of picture or think it was like just like a wink between like me and like my grandpa somewhere, wherever it happens that he's like, yeah, like it's just something that's like just a secret that him and I have. Um, So I kind of do it in that very minimal, minimal way. But I, I, I do, I think that it was, I love, one thing I've been really grateful for, and we talk about, but just when the celebrities and people use their platforms to come out and talk about grief and their experiences with it. And I was just recently, I watched celebrity interviews like they're my job. And I was watching Seth Meyers last night and he had his whole family on Thanksgiving week. And he went around and I guess his aunt had just passed away recently in this past year. And he went on and had his had his mom and his dad and his brother all there talking about stories about her. And I thought that was like a really beautiful and like cool way to again, like use a platform. And they didn't say it wasn't like Andy Grammer when he was giving a, you know, a, a tip or a, an ex- ex- suggestion or expression. It was just kind of being able to see someone who has that power and platform kind of process it and have those conversations while he was live with his, with his family. And um, I thought that was, and he has his family on every once in a while, but I thought the whole YouTube clip even said like honors his aunt. And I thought that was a really cool um, way to kind of like, not, I don't know if it's necessarily, we would call it playing the offense, but like kind of crossing that bridge, especially with his mom there with him. And it was, it was really great. So we'll also probably link that somewhere if you guys want to see it. It's, It's no tips or tricks or anything, but it was just cool to see someone feeling it and like living in there, um, with his platform and the whole, um, conversation on that just kind of, I was very impressed with it. It's interesting. This whole kind of concept I feel like, and I'm not even sure if he brings this up, it's really making me think about like seeing grief as an attack, right? Or like something you have to battle or fight. And I feel like, yes, we we are kind of battling with it a lot of times. 
but it's also never going away. So it's not something that we can defeat or like kill at in a sense. And it just like is inherently, it's literally in our body. And um, that's something that I think about often of like, this is a way of like, uh, cohabitating with it or like making sure that there's room for it in your body, but nurturing it instead of like feeling like it's an attack in a sense. Like, I don't know if he said like, this is making grief like your friend. I'm not sure if he was the one that said that or like I've maybe heard that somewhere. But and I think that's really hard to make grief your friend because it brings about so many negative emotions. Um, but I think for me, more what's more comforting to think about is like, making sure I can live with it in like a healthy way instead of like making it my friend, I guess. No, that's a good call out and distinction that it's like, it's not something that you can beat, quote unquote. It's the cohabitate is the right word. And I have one of the quotes, like I screenshotted it. It Grief doesn't have to be something that just hits you when you're not ready for it. I don't think he said the friend thing, but I also could be wrong. I don't have it all right here. But the idea that like, I, I I think both things are correct. Like it doesn't have to be something that just hits you blind. Like you envision like the kid in gym class who has no athletic bone in their body and they're not looking and the ball just hits them in the face. Like you don't want to live your whole life like that. Like you want to build up some kind of like skill set to be ready for it, to embrace it, to handle when you're winning, when you're losing, quote unquote, with the grief. Um, but that you're there's no end. Like, it's just like a, a constant, like it sways on a scale where it's maybe like more powerful or you have a better handle on it or a worse handle on it. But ultimately, yeah, it's like, it's in you. It's a part of your brain. It's how you think. It's how you feel. It's how you, you know, you completely change your perspective on life. So it's like the sports analogy works to an extent, but unlike sports, there is no real like defeat or like winner at the end. It's just like how you approach the game. Well, first of all, Kelsey, next time you're talking about the kid in gym class with no athletic ability, please just say my name. We all know what you're talking about there. The last girl to get picked. Hold on. I do not believe that for one second. You seem very athletic. It just came in the last two years with my cycle studio. But until then, I was the last kid picked in the gym class always. Um, However, it's interesting even hearing us talk more about it and the fact of hearing Kelsey I don't know, Kelsey, I just put your guys' names together. <laughs> Kelsey. <Our couple> name. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. I need to add my name in there somehow. Um, Kelsey say it is just it doesn't need to just hit you. It's almost and I don't know if this has to do with the, you know, our Enneagram and go back to, you know, what we were talking about with my personal episode, but I almost feel like it and it just has never not hit me. And so hopefully one day I, I learn it, but I feel like it always is when it hits me, it's so deep and and heavy that I feel like it's always going to hit me. But I somehow have found ways I feel that my, like to make it not hit people I love as heavy, um, which is kind of an interesting feeling. But example, um, uh, there's a bar underneath my agency that I work at. And we go down there all the time. And one of the girls had spoken to me a couple weeks ago about her grandfather wasn't doing well. And then he had passed away. And I saw on Instagram and I immediately was like, I know that she'll need this and this. And I wrote her a handwritten card. And like, we are very, I mean, we're friends. Like I've had drinks with her. Like it's not like she's just like my waitress, but um, she, we, we kind of have, you know, gotten pretty close and I kind of knew all these things and knew how to handle it. But whenever I, and I get hit with grief or things happen, I don't, know how to handle it. But for some reason, I feel like when some it hits somebody else, I kind of have those fight or flight. So I don't know what that says about me or what I need to work on. But it just to me, even hearing Kelsey say like, and quoting the video, it's like, it doesn't have to be some like, unfathomable thing that just like hits you out of nowhere. It when I, I heard him say that I respected it and I appreciated it. But to me, it doesn't feel I don't it I'm, I'm hoping one day it does. But I don't feel like anytime it comes up in a a way, it's just so heavy and all-encompassing that like it does feel like that's what it does to me, which is, I mean, why I did this podcast. No, that's, I mean, that's honest, obviously. And I like also not to say that one's like worse than the other, because I don't think it is like even when it like sneaks in and it's not like a, just a hit your face type of wave. Um, it, it hurts too. And I mean, I hope for you all, 
of course, that it doesn't hurt so deeply every single time. I do hope for that. And I think like there are ways, obviously, tools that we have to navigate in order to do that. And I think you trying to not let it affect other people so heavily is also kind of like a coping mechanism for yourself too. Um, I know like that's exactly also like an example of a two. So you're right in terms of like your anagram. Um, um, Very two. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, I think like there's a part of you that is helping yourself through that, even though on the outside you're helping some, you're trying to help somebody else. Like you're also probably trying to help yourself through those actions. Yeah, like the way you're saying like it is easier to step in and you feel like you have the answers when it's not you. I feel like that can apply in so many areas of life. It's always easier to give the advice to your friend or a family member than it is to take your own advice and like really trying to work on like, well, what would I say like if I was just talking to a friend and trying to like tap into like that side of your brain when your brain automatically just wants to like feel all the feelings, which also are very important. But like, I think that is interesting too, because yeah, when now people have come into my life who have lost a parent, who have lost someone close to them, I do feel like more confident in like how to respond and how to, to at least say something that feels more supportive or I feel more comfortable that it's going to land better than I did before I experienced this. But yeah, taking the advice yourself, I think there there is a lot that comes with time. And I think Kathy's point about like when it sneaks in, it can also like sting in a different way too versus when it just completely hits you. Like, And for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know those distinctions, like in my mind, like hitting you is like you walk up to the grave site or like it's someone's birthday or you have a reaction that is of that effect, like very distinctly like in your face or like for me, it's like Mother's Day and I'm scrolling on Instagram. The sneaky ones are the ones when you're like, I'm at the grocery store and I see a mother like fixing something on a daughter's shirt. And I'm like, I get used to get so mad at my mom when she would do that. And like, God, would I kill for like her to fix my shirt? You know, like that type of thing when I'm like, but it's a Sunday and I'm just grocery shopping. Um, Or like, you know, something sneaks in little like, I don't know, like their favorite, you know, like you said, the song comes on in the restaurant and it's not about that and no one else really picks up on it. That's how I would describe those distinctions. And I forget where I was going with it, but I'll just stop there instead of trying to ramble more. (laughs) (laughs) To be completely (laughs) honest, I forget where I was going with it. We're all about honesty here, baby. (laughs) Yes, literally. (laughs) I was going to try to save it and tie it all up with a bow. And I'm like, how did I get there? Sometimes you just can't tie things up with a bow, you know? Sometimes it's just there. That's what what your therapist would say. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that is a therapy line. So. Maybe something in that made sense. Maybe it didn't, but there were a few ideas thrown out there. I did have my friend who I was just referring to. She had she had been talking with me, and they were talking about how this was the first time she had really felt grief. And so I did quote us, and I put, grief is a sneaky bitch. Watch out. Like, she's always there, and when she shows up, I'm here. Um, but I find that interesting, Kath and Kels, both of your um, – Response and I do think in some way, like kind of being open to like relate that back with with her is um, helpful for me me as well. But I found that it's it's a lot seems a lot easier to do when it's not for myself. Yes, um, and I know with the holiday season coming up, it is prime time for being hit with grief and all the many forms. And you know, she's around. She's around. She's lurking. <laughs> she's at she's every in the corner. Store. She's in holiday <laughs> movies. Yeah. You're watching the Hallmark channel. She's there. You're out to drinks with your coworkers. She's there. You know, Christmas morning, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, she's there. So um, teasing that what I think will be the final episode we do of 2022 be about the holidays. And there's a lot that we can unpack with the holidays, like we've been addressing and maybe talking through ways that 
we think could be helpful for coping and just to like get all the things out all with the things like truly she's in every corner for the holidays. Um, But thank you everyone for listening as always. Reminder to subscribe or follow the podcast, to leave a review, to send it with a friend. Let us know how you're liking it. Shoot us a DM. Our Instagram is at the morning crew. Have we checked the email? Have we We checked, Mads? We have. have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Still still waiting. (laughs) Maybe our our New Year's wish is that someone will email the email. But if you've listened this long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's for Mads not to stare at like the generic Google, like how to set up an inbox email. (laughs) We would love an email. Um, But thank you if you've listened this far. We appreciate you all. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.